Going live, and we are live for week seven of Fantasy Football Preview. Uh, hopefully this works. This week we have some technical difficulties surrounding this whole thing, so we're, we're trying to get some issues worked out. Um, but I, I think we're there. Um, so, yeah, guys, we, we, we got... We're short again one. Uh, we don't have Max, who decided to... I think he, he determined that going to a... A play was more important than fantasy football preview, albeit it was the nightmare before Christmas live performance. I think he said. So you know, my weeks are hitting everyone hard. <laughs> they are so, and it's that's just. I I thought it might be for another issue, uh, but well, let's let's get to who's here first. So we got Seth Hof is yes, here. Yes, back to back starts back this to back. week. You've been suffering through illness and ailments. Are you better this week, Seth? How you doing? I yeah, yeah, feeling feel, feel a lot better, feeling good. So, uh, good. top of my game, coming off a win. So good to all, hear. That always good to helps. Hear. Absolutely. No, nothing better in the world, I think, than a fantasy football win. Debatable, but it's up there. <laughs> and Mr. Perfect Attendance himself, Mark Garlitz, is, as always, here. Yes, I am. I had a scratchy throat earlier this week, but I'm fine now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should always ask, Mark. I, you know, It's just presumed I should just ask that how you're doing. I, I take it for granted sometimes just how you know, your, how perfect your attendance actually is. I'm the Iron Man of this show. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I've been on the show on you somehow. <laughs> I, you know, we'll never figure that out, but... What I was going to say about Max was I thought maybe the reason he didn't show up was because of uh, the way our, our matchup went down this week. Um, oh, boy. Oh, God. It was crazy. That, honestly, I, I asked him afterwards. I was like, most ridiculous fantasy football matchup ever? Question mark. And he he agreed. Um, I know there's been some crazy ones, but the way that like, – I, I want to quickly run through how it went down. So I had a Thursday night game out of town. Um had my lineup set, though, ahead of time, and um, Dev- or Devontae Freeman was going for the Falcons and, and put up a, another almost 30 spot uh, in some garbage time TDs that he had going, but set up a weekend where I you know I thought I would cruise to a victory. Um, had Sam Bradford going in. I was up 30-some points, I think 35 points on going into Monday Night Football. Had Sam Bradford going up against the Eagles D and Odell Beckham. I... Slightly concerned, but, you know, the way Bradford had looked, I thought it would be all right. First quarter rolls around. Beckham gets his touchdown. Eagles D gets a pick six at some point in the first half. All of a sudden, Max is climbing back. And at, you know, end of the third quarter, we're sitting there tied. And it was just, I don't know if you got, how much of Monday Night Football you guys watch, but it was it was a pretty terrible game, just like every NFC East primetime game has been. <laughs> just every NFC East game has been this year. So um, they're tough to watch, but it was intense in the way that, like, nothing in terms of what was happening on fantasy for us was happening. So we kept sitting there. We were tied at 129.8 points. I'll remember that number. Um, <laughs> going into the fourth quarter, and it, it just, the numbers wouldn't budge. And fractional scoring, even, you know, you get everything for every yard. So 129.8 points down to 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 3 minutes. Eagles get the ball. They, they start driving, and I, I told Max, I, I had this prediction, like, in the middle of the second quarter. I was like, dude, I'm going to lose this on kneel downs. I was like, Sam Bradford, we're going to get the ball at the end of the game. Bradford's going to kneel it, and I'm going to lose. So, lo and behold, a minute and a half on the clock, Eagles have the ball. Bradford kneels. Kneels once, I lose point one. Kneels again, somehow he dropped back two yards, and I lost point two. So, it was 129.8 to 129.5. The clock ran out, and I, I, I was a loser. Um, but I was saved by a stack correction that I don't know if anyone did this. This is a play that will stand out for me for, for some time in terms of fantasy. Uh, the Eagles lo- looked like they had sacked Eli Manning. This is how they got the ball back. Um, and uh, he had also, at the same time, thrown the ball, and he, he got flagged for intentional grounding. Um, but the way ESPN scored it, they awarded the Eagles as a sack. So they had 21 points on defense. That's how, you know, when everything added up, it was 129.8 to 129.8. So then the kneels down, kneel downs happen, the clock runs out, and five minutes later, 
after I had just got done, you know, congratulating Max over Twitter and saying I knew it was going to be the kneel downs, da da da. I look back and what do I know? But that sack had got overturned, <laughs> and it was it was taken away from the defense. So all of a sudden, yeah, you know, I went from down point three points to up point seven, and I, you know, I didn't even have the chance to say anything to Max because. He had just got done gloating. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. What just happened here? And mm. hey, the script had flipped. So long story short, that's why I thought he wasn't here this week. So whether he's actually at play or not, I, I don't know. That has to be one of the most ridiculous finishes to a, a, a matchup of fantasy football. That would be yeah. quite the ruse if you might <laughs> not go into a play to avoid talking to you about the game. I know. You know, he sent me some talking points. I would have asked him, though. But we'll get to those eventually. Rob, so. <clears throat> more more shocking than the way it ended, which was very, very shocking. The thing that kind of stood out to me is both of you scored almost 130 points. Yeah. And you still, like, the, the other team ended up losing. Like, it's just the, those crazy matchups. And I, I want to remind you of something that happened last year because I don't know if you remember this. You might have blocked it out, but <laughs> one big balls chips over there put up a impressive 140 points in oh, a loss. I do. In a loss to to none other than moi, <laughs> who put up a frightful 180. So I, you know, oh my god, that was a I, yeah. You know, I did forget about it, but that that game right there was literally it's the difference between my season this season and my season last season fantasy football because last year if you go back and look at the stats from 2014 I was the highest scoring team in our league and it, there, I mean it was no contest and my record was three and ten I, I mean that that's just not supposed to happen every week I went up against a team that just I put up a hundred you know triple digits and then someone else would just put up more triple digits that were slightly more this yeah. is how it went. And then the next week they would go and score 60. And I was sitting there, I, I just couldn't buy a win. That's, you know, that game between us last year and this game between Max and I this year is like the the epitome of what my fantasy football seasons have been like. This year I'm eking out the wins. Uh -huh. I, I'm still getting scored on pretty well. Um, that's what she said. But, <laughs> you know, there it just so happens that I, I'm coming out with wins this year instead of devastating losses. Because I'm still, if you look at our league, I I have the most points scored, points four, by 100 points. Wow. I have 732.6 points this year. The next closest team is 633, and that's you, Seth. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's that. But at the same time, I'm also getting scored against the most. So I have 683 yeah. points against. That's just how fantasy football is for me. I can't. I'll never be able to explain it. I put together dominant teams that put up a lot of points, and then everyone just—it's like they know they're playing me, so they want to have their best game. So I'll—I'll I'll just never be able to figure it out. But that's—that's that's what I have to deal with when it comes to fantasy football. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. <laughs> so yeah, long yeah. Long story short, that's, that's all that's happening in our lives in fantasy football. But I don't know. I, I mean, is that – I know, Matt, Seth, you said you were kind of watching it and it was making you interested in Monday football. What I, – I can't think of anything crazier. No, you know, and it, it was like I, – I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it's like ever since I started playing fantasy football, I know this isn't just me. This is everybody and why fantasy football is so exciting. I mean, stupid games that you don't even care about that have no relevance to your – real team, your quote-unquote real team that you cheer for, becomes so much more interesting, and I mean, Red Zone is amazingly popular, but now, I mean, even just, like, sitting there looking at my iPad and seeing the little numbers pop up, and, like, I would just log on to see, oh, I wonder what games are close. I wonder what games still have to go. Holy crap, he's got this guy, this guy, and this guy, and, mm -hmm. you know, he's only down by 10. Like, oh, man, this is going to be really good. Like, I almost was more excited about the actual fantasy matchups than the real game itself. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's it made was it, very, very interesting, especially because it, it was messaging Max back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it wow. makes, it's made it so much more just engaging. Um, and that's that's why, I mean, everyone knows that's what sort of made fantasy football a success. But, uh, it, I mean, 
I it's just been it's been crazy. Yeah. But Mark, I don't know if you want to drop any two cents into here. I've seen it all. I I've been on the good end of the post game stat correction. I've been on the bad end of it. <laughs> In my reign as commissioner, I've seen it break up a tie. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's nice when it happens to you. It's devastating when it happens against you, but... Yes, but you get to spend like three weeks telling everyone what happened. You get a lot of mileage out of it. And then yeah. also when your season like falls apart, <laughs> crush. We can dive in, I guess, to some injuries and news while they're here. Um, so I know one to keep an eye on is that there's the potential return of Dez, uh, which is sort of keeping people on edge because um, it's still really early for him uh, to see if he comes back from, uh, you know, that ankle, broken ankle. Um, and then also at the same time, Matt Castle, not an injury-related thing, but Matt Castle starting to speak for the Cowboys over Brandon Whedon, a decision that was hard on Whedon, uh, <laughs> but should have been, you know, not very surprising the way he's gone 0 for 3 here over the last three games. So, um, other quarterback injuries, Ben Roethlisberger, you guys might be able to tell a little bit more about what's happening over there in that side of the state, but um, the way he's talking, he thinks he's going to play this week. Is that is that the case? Uh, yeah, I don't, th- I mean, I think he's, he's excited and eager, but I think just to make sure that he's full and 100% back, they'll keep him out again. So. Yeah, and that's... I wouldn't be surprised if he dressed, though. Oh yeah, no, I I would absolutely yeah, I could see him pl- I could see him dressing and then if Jones goes out, Vic isn't ready, then you know we need him to come in. Maybe he goes in and pushes it, but I think if Jones goes in and plays at least semi decent, then uh, then we'll be in good shape. Well, Vic is hurt, and I th- yeah. I haven't looked at the injury stuff, but I think he'll probably be out this week. Yeah, it, I think? mean him him with he has terrible hamstrings. That's just something I've learned <laughs> over the years. So I, to have him injure one, um, yeah, it, it's it's always a tear with him. So it's he's gonna be out. Um, I actually haven't looked this up, but the best indicator would be to check and see if they sign a quarterback. True, something to keep in mind. They're at the very least dressing Ben. And we can we can get on to this later because it's something I want to talk about. But Landry Jones making his first career start in Kansas City. I know the Chiefs aren't a great team right now, one and five, but that's that's an environment that's going to be a lot for a rookie quarterback to handle. Well, not you know not rookie, but uh, a quarterback making his first NFL start. Oh, so, so we're saving this for the steel corner. We are. So <laughs> okay. we'll, do we'll do that later uh, when we get to that segment. Something you're not going to see on any any people's fantasy list um, about injuries is two of our top uh, linebackers are coming back, Shazir and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. So the defense for the Steelers have been pretty good this year. I don't know where they mm-hmm. rank in fantasy, but, I mean, Matt Castle isn't the greatest quarterback in the world, no Jamal Charles. So, um, yeah. They were on my – we'll get – I was going to talk about them during my uh, – Waiver wire dump because yeah that's something I saw. They're not they're not really highly owned in in many leagues so um, yeah we can get to that. But other injury news we got Keenan Allen uh, probably gonna go had a hip flexor strain and missed the sec- most of the second half of last week's game. Um, still a massive game um, I'll admit. So Mark I you can keep harping on how much you hate him and I do you know. And I know it's, not, it's personally, not even professionally. I just like I know it, it as a person. I, because, I know you do. Because I'm and, making uh, this personal after what he did to me last year. And now it's, it's just come full <laughs> circle, and he's the number five fantasy wide receiver right now. So I'm, uh, he'll make I'm you pay. Him. He'll make you pay for your faith. Somewhere, somewhere down the line, I'm sure he will. But um, anyway, other wide receivers. Sammy Watkins is doubtful after uh, getting a really weird hit, sort of in the end zone on that touchdown catch last week. Um, Jeremy Macklin has a concussion, probably going to be out. So that's another weapon there set for the the Chiefs to be without going against the Steelers. Um, Tyrod Taylor is questionable. He thinks he's going to play. I don't. I don't really know um, what's up with that. He made the trip to London, which is a good sign. Oh, that's something we can talk about too. We got the first streaming NFL game uh, this Sunday, yeah. so interesting. But 
Carlos Hyde listed as questionable, Jordan Reed, Marcus Mariota, questionable. They, Fantasy-wise, ESPN thinks that Zach Mettenberg is going to get the, the start there. Um, oh, yeah, he is starting. So, yeah, it's not – I mean, I didn't see a definitive call yet, and this is Wednesday, so. I think there's reports coming out, but I don't think – yeah, I don't think anything is official. Yeah, uh, TJ Yeldon, Jaguars, is listed as questionable, didn't practice, and appears to be a long shot. And then Austin Safarian Jenkins, Tampa Bay, tight end. Um, also, there's a saying there's an outside shot, he suits up. Um, yeah, so that's all I can think of. One kind of injury-related news, if you're an Eddie Lacy owner like me, appears uh, the ankle injury is still hobbling him. Um, and obviously James Starks took a huge bulk of the carries last week and put up a pretty monster game. So uh, if he's out there, I, he probably – it's Wednesday, so the waiver wire claims went through. He might not be out there um, for you anymore, but it's worth taking a look to see if some of the people that are slower to the, the gun there um, have jumped on James Starks yet. Eddie Lacy's performance is alarming. Yeah, it does is. he look bigger than he's been in in the past? I mean, I've always known he's he was a big back, but he looks like like he's he's at the highest he's weighed since he started. And I wonder if that's kind of contributing. It might a little bit uh, of injuries. Is anyone? I don't, I don't know. Is anyone on ESPN's fantasy side right now? Yes. I didn't realize he wore glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Interesting. Well, at least for uh, you know. The, the team photos, I guess. But he looks very astute, you know? Smart. Uh, yeah, it's bad. When <laughs> C.J. Anderson's saying, like, man, that guy's having a tough year. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Yeah, so I, I'm going to derail us just for a minute, only because this is, this is a note from Max. I told you guys at the top that he had sort of sent some notes he wanted to talk about, um, and I guess we can talk about this sort of leading into the next segment, because um, he he's going to be my MVP of last week, uh, co-MVP of last week, um, and, and that's Devontae Freeman, Atlanta's star now running back. It's a uh, controversial choice. <laughs> it is. I know it is. It's a very controversial choice, and that's because I also have De- DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Um one, both number one wide receiver and running back there. Um, I kind of hit the jackpot, I guess, if you will. But why I bring up Freeman and why this is going to derail us a little bit is because of this note that I'm going to directly quote from Max. Oh, my gosh. It says, quote, anyone with Devontae Freeman on their team doesn't deserve the wins they're getting. He sucked last year and continues to suck. He's just getting fed the rock at an alarming rate. It's complete rubbish. Seven points going into the third quarter, finish the game with 30. I'll be actively rooting against the Falcons the rest of the year. They aren't good. They get most. They got most of their wins from the NFC East, and you know how I feel about the end of this about the NFC East. End quote. Well, that's sorry. rubbish. <laughs> I I just don't agree with it. I told him last night, Monday night. I favorited a tweet where he ripped me for owning owning Devonte Freeman. I'm like I'm not favoring this because I like it. I'm tweeting it to remind myself to in you for what you're saying because that's rubbish. I'm um, sorry you had to hear it from like a crumpled up piece of paper with an angry note scrawled on it, but I agree <laughs> with him. What? I want you right now to read your pre-draft notes where you said like Freeman's a breakout candidate. I think it's just like one of those things like there's a guy a year... It was, it was, a, it was a true coin flip between him and Tevin Coleman and that's, that's everything I read. I... Every, in one league, I drafted both because I knew it, it could go either way. In this one, I just happened to – Coleman came off the board before Freeman, so I swooped up Freeman late in the, late in the game. Um, and it, it panned out. Now, I you, wipe away everything that happened last year. You can't judge a guy based on what he did last year. It's it's the present. That's that's how fantasy is, and everyone should know that by now. You're and, not <laughs> – Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. You're yeah. not you're not judging him by what he did last year. You're judging him by what the team did last year. And the, I mean, who thought Atlanta was going to be any good? Not me. Well, not only that, their running backs are just since T- Michael Turner fell apart. Their running backs have been ugly the last mm-hmm. few years. I mean, their offense has been terrible last. Year. It was terrible last year. They were a bad team last year. Right. And I I would have never guessed that this turnaround with a brand new head coach. Yeah. 
absolutely not. I, yeah, I, agree I understand with you the logic of taking a flyer on a guy that's like, getting opportunities. That's good policy, and you probably drafted him like the seventh round, maybe seventh round. Yeah, eight. right around there. But there's always one of those guys, and last year was Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, where you just go like, "What the hell?" Like when a guy goes, like, he's a different player. Everything he does is different, and that's what happened with Bell last year. And that's why so many people noticed he mm-hmm. looked completely different. Mm-hmm. Bell in his rookie year was not good. Mm-mm. He ran a lot. Like, you got a lot of touches, but he was not, like, patient right. or dynamic. He just turned into a different player, like, overnight. Right. I mean, that's, when that happens. That's happened to Freeman. And I, I, what I don't get is it, maybe it's bitterness. I don't know. And I know he's not here to defend himself, so I don't want to get into what specifically Max was saying. But I, it panned out. I don't know what to say. And it's not like he's putting up points against garbage teams. I don't know how you can really have a knock against this guy. Oh, I don't. I just, it's frustrating because there was no way to predict this, that he'd become Mr. Everything. He basically is Le'Veon Bell reincarnated. Like, they throw to him all the time. He runs all the time. He's just a touch machine. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. just, he gets it. He just gets it. And I don't think, I, I think Max, I think it's a lot of bitter grapes, uh, or sour grapes, or bitter apples, or whatever you want to say. I, I think that if you, if you, uh, if you didn't get beat by by him last week, I think you can appreciate it. And I I I think he's you know that's what you that's what you draft for like you know that talented you know person with a lot of potential and can make those big plays. Like yeah, maybe you didn't think he was gonna do this good, but at the same time, like you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly what I'm saying, but <laughs> it's all right. I I it makes sense. I mean. Like the consensus is, no one saw this coming, and it just so happens that someone was going to hit on him. Yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't through the draft, it was going to be you know a week two pickup, and then he's going on a tear now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I don't know. He just panned out. That's that's all you can really say. So I I don't think you can't legitimately knock him and say that. It's all garbage time points, or they're just give they're Bad just giving up the ball. Or- that's 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 the essence of what makes someone a great fantasy asset. Exactly. They're giving him the ball. Exactly. He's getting the opportunity to go and put points up. So. No, I can just knock him because I drafted him last year, and he failed me. <laughs> I mean, I, back- him, I believed in him. I'm like, this guy's the next coming of Le'Veon Bell, who isn't anything yet, but I know he'll be good this year. <laughs> and then he did. You just did it. You should have followed the Le'Veon Bell script. Is all. Yeah, I should have drafted Le'Veon Bell. You have to you have to realize that the touchdowns themselves are a little fluky. Uh, you're not going to expect to get multiple no. touchdowns yeah, no. per game, and that's the one criticism I will have of your team, um, Rob. Is they're a little bit top heavy. I mean, you have 60 points contributed by two players. Yeah. So when those two players don't show up, it's you know you're going to have a bad time. No, so, you- I'm going to disagree with that. You want a top-heavy team because those guys don't exist. There's a couple in the league, period. You, I, want, the, you want the splash guys because you'd always fill a roster later. And I, 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 I don't even think those touchdowns are fluky either because they're no. targeting him. It's just they're giving him volume, and volume will produce more touchdowns. What do you guys got for your MVPs of, of last week and this upcoming week? Good, Mark. You, you. See, I could... Devante Freeman could pick DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and I, I will. Those okay. are the two most valuable. Um, obvi- those are the obvious ones. Aside from that, I'll throw an unconventional one out. Landry Jones. And here's why. No one except for like complete idiots played Landry Jones last week. <laughs> um because when you can get a piece of a backup court, a third string quarterback potentially coming into a game in a late game situation, you have to start that. But I think you saved Martavis Bryant owners. Because one more down week, you're getting into week seven, and you've seen like five points from a guy that was probably like fourth or fifth round, and you have reasonable doubt that like Hayward Bay could eat away at those touchdowns. Same thing with Wheaton. Like that's it becomes tempting to sell low, and it would be a good week to move him. And with the Roethlisberger still out, I think that would become appealing. So it's good to see like the stuff he can do physically. I don't think many receivers can make like that kind of catch on his first touchdown. 
and then like the catch and run, that was that was pretty good too. So yeah. it, it restored faith, yeah. which is nice. And that yeah. that performance by Bryant is really what brought Max back into that game last week. Yeah. Not to go, not to rehash that. No, it's it's the but. truth. As much as he hates on the Devontae Freeman, you know, he had seven points at what fourth quarter. Yeah. How many, how many Martavis Bryant have before that catch? Right. So. so yeah, it's a lifesaver for those owners. And here's another good one too, and one I actually profited from because in my mind I was able to talk myself into it. Lamar Miller bailing people out. Yeah. That he looked horrific. And I kept telling yeah. myself as well actually I cut him and reacquired him after the bye in a different league, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, I hated the way he was using the offense and he looked like rudderless. Like that team looked like a mess. Mark and I gambled on the fact that like any different coach, like Dan Campbell's gonna make a name for himself and he's gonna do it by running the ball. And that was my thought process. And it won me my week in the big money league. Mark, I wanted to ask you about this because I thought this was kind of peculiar. What was the rationale behind cutting Ronnie Hillman? Because he looked horrible. Especially coming off that you cut him after the 2.6 week or yeah. after the 20. I mean, he, he had 20 points. He had 103 yards and a touchdown. I saw enough of that offense because all right, I have three fantasy teams, and I thought just for the sake of like enjoying watching the games, I would just align those teams as much as possible. Okay. Try to get the same players across every team, so that sure. way you get a like process and not have to root like for and against specific things within the same game. I like it. So the one player I was a hundred percent sure on and made sure to get in all three of my leagues. CJ Anderson. Okay. So then, of course, hmm. after st- stuff started falling apart, immediately <laughs> I handcuffed in all three leagues, and like. I had vested interest in the Denver offense, and I watched it, and I just saw enough. Like, I don't want any part of the offense. And it looked like Anderson was still getting the bulk of the carries at the time, so Hillman was useless to me, and I didn't care. So I you, cut him, because he's, I don't even care about the 100 yards. He still doesn't look that impressive. He looks good. He doesn't look good. Trust me. He looks, <laughs> he looks better than C.J. Anderson. Yeah, okay. Awesome. But you didn't cut him. <laughs> Uh, because I don't need to quite yet. <laughs> that doesn't mean I won't, because I have cut him another one. <laughs> it but, doesn't mean I won't. I'm just saying, like, I think, it, I don't know. I mean, and he had 111 yards last week. You think I mean, Peyton You think Peyton Manning is going to win him the games anymore? No, I just think their offense is unownable. I wouldn't want any part of it. Like, Thomas, like, you're yeah. stuck with that, and he'll be fine because anyone get, could get him points, but that offense is just not pleasant to watch. No, okay. instead, while we're on that topic, I want to throw another comment that uh, Max sent along that I think you'll appreciate, Seth. He said he's finally on the bandwagon with you that um, Peyton is just washed up. He's too old, doesn't have the arm strength, yeah, and and can't believe the Broncos are undefeated. It's so. an, it's amazing. It, I mean, that's actually like, you know, if for some miracle the Broncos win the Super Bowl or even go to the Super Bowl, I mean, that's going to be like the question on everybody's mind is how the heck they did that with <laughs> quarterback play that bad. I'm sorry to say this. I don't think they're locked for the playoffs. No, I, well, I, I, I was going to say how many games are ahead. Maybe Manning is pulling a reverse Manning. You know, terrible during the the regular season and then in the postseason <laughs> he's going to on when he needs turn to. On <laughs> Interesting. We'll see. But all right, so next up are MVPs for next week. Um, well, I, I I didn't go for. I'm sorry, I didn't get to say for oh, last week. Oh, go for week. it, go for it. Sorry. I, wanted, I wanted to ask Mark that question because it just baffled my mind. But uh, I'm gonna go with someone a little bit unorthodox, Greg Olson, who oh, yeah. I mean yep. he's a really good he's a really good player. Always puts up puts up numbers. I don't know where he was drafted, but I can't imagine it was you know within like the top you know three or four. I think he was like a fourth-round guy. Fourth-round guy. So, uh, I mean, 131 yards and a touchdown. Touchdown came late in the game, but, you know, it, it, it just said something kind of spoke volumes. Whenever whenever Carolina needed a score, he was open, and, you know, that that's where they went to. So, 
for where you got him, especially, and like how he outproduced all other tight ends that week. Well, I don't know about all other tight ends, but a majority of them definitely earns the MVP MVP spot this week. Craig Olson's average draft pick was number fifty-two, so that would make him for late fourth, early fifth round guy, depending on your format, team-wise. So that's interesting. But um. All right, next week, I, I'll throw out a name. I don't know why I'm doing this. After he just ripped into my team the entire time, I'm going to highlight a guy that Max has been in love with this year, and that's Carson Palmer. Um, going up against Baltimore, who has a terrible secondary right now. They're in Arizona. Car- Carson's coming off of um, a few games where you know he is uh, losses, but looked all right fantasy-wise, so I'm sure they'll be looking to make a statement um, and I think they will against a one and five Baltimore team. Yeah, that's a pretty solid pick. I'm gonna be a little contrarian though and try to defend Baltimore, or at least against the the Palmer pick. I think Baltimore is gonna lose that game, but they're they're just too well coached to just get destroyed every game. Do you really think they're this bad? Yeah, it, I mean you have your head coach admitting it. Say we're yeah, not good enough yeah, to win standard. those games. Like they've been good the whole time he's been there, so I think he'd be saying that if they're like a soft three and three or two and five. They're I, one and five. I, you you don't get the one and five and be like an okay team. I don't know. I do you really see Baltimore as like a three and thirteen team though? The way they're playing right now, yeah. Well, that's not that's what I'm saying. Like they can't keep playing this poorly. They can though because they have so many missing pieces on defense. They don't really have. I mean, let's be real. The Ray Rice thing hurts. That's not why they're losing. It's not no, but you add all those pieces up, and that is. Well, I they, mean, they, they, they don't have Tory Tory Smith. They you know. That's nothing to do with Rice. No, I'm not saying just Rice. I'm saying all the pieces. So the uh, pieces Rice on offense, the pieces on defense. But I, I don't know. I, why am I defending them? But yeah, I don't know. This is a waste of airtime. So. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know. Arizona's good, but like they're getting too much love, and I think people take Baltimore for granted, even though they're terrible right now. It doesn't like I still think they're gonna scrape out like six and ten or seven and nine. Whatever. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <what if? laughs> um, this is not good like strategy as a general manager because I'm trying to trade for the guy, but my pick is easily Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, but, Easily Michael Passador. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a reference no one will get. That's all right. No one will Hopefully get. Hopefully no uh, one will get. Well, actually, I'm, I would say a majority of the listeners would probably be Duquesne. Probably. Duquesne, uh, <laughs> alum, so. But no, this is this is when Gurley becomes a man. Like you'll know <laughs> after. <laughs> Every pun intended. This uh, is great matchup. Oh man, this is where you get to see if he's actually Adrian Peterson. Okay. Alright. Show me a week. Oh, I'm interested. But in, in terms of like being a GM, I'm only kind of interested in him. I'm only kind of interested <laughs> kind of. in him. Alright, uh-huh. Seth? I'm going to go with Julio Jones. Kind of an off week for him last week, only uh, didn't, didn't get up to over 100 yards. But um, at Tennessee, really favorable matchup. Um, You know, I I just think that we're going to get to see what... uh, They lost to New Orleans, correct? Yeah. So good teams teams will bounce back from it. So we're going to really see what Atlanta is made from, if they can bounce back and beat a bad team on the road. So I think they do that with the help of Julio Jones. I'm really interested in Atlanta because... Like, they had the new coach smell. Like, everything was, like, right. Like, they eked out some close games. They looked good. They, they gelled early. That's all, like, well and good. But I'm curious to see if they can maintain it. How they respond from a loss. And this is kind of a weird road game. Because, like, like, everyone assumes they're going to win this. Right. I don't know. Like, Tennessee should be okay at home. They should. But they're, you got a new quarterback coming in who, I mean, has played there. He's more seasoned than Mariota, though. Like he's hungry. This is like he can make some money in these next couple games. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if he if he looks I mean, good, he'll he'll get traded this offseason to someone like 
I don't know, Cleveland or something, some crappy team that needs like a third-tier quarterback. Who, who's even playing? Who's starting for Mettenberger? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So who I, I you know, this is a transition into um, the waiver wire dump, but I I almost considered him. I, I'm in a position where I don't trust Bradford. I, I got rid of Mariota. Um and was on the verge, on the cusp of dropping Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning. Um, unbelievable to think, but and I, I needed some. I need someone for like just a spot start this week because I need. I just need something. I need to do something. That's that's where I'm really struggling on on my roster right now is with a quarterback. So I went out and looked, and Mettenberger's sitting there, and I'm thinking he could do it. Like there's a, if there's a defense that I, I think is susceptible on the road. Atlanta's put up um, some pretty terrible numbers on the road against opposing quarterbacks, I found out. Um, two of their three worst defensive performances came on the road, and the third one was only um, it was against Whedon, I believe. So, uh, yeah, so one of them was against Whedon, the other was somewhere else, and, and you know. So I, I, it looked like a situation where Mettenberger, who's only owned in 0.4% of leagues, obviously, um, could be a spot start kind of guy, but am I crazy? Uh, I th- depends on how deep the league. Yeah, I, I, a league like I, ours where you have twelve teams. And remember, like that point oh four, there are some leagues that start two quarterbacks. I think they get yeah. factored in. Yep. Yeah. It, the thing too is you have to understand is like you know are are you saying is he going to be a top twelve quarterback this week? Which means that theoretically, like, every team should have a better quarterback than him. No, I don't think so. Is he... Right. You know what I mean? Is he better than maybe the bottom six quarterbacks who are actually available? Because most people have at least, what, two two people, mm-hmm. two quarterbacks? So, maybe. <laughs> I don't think he's very much. Yeah. Usually there's better guys. I would... Yeah. Another name. Fitzpatrick. Yes, that's the name. That's exactly the name I'm gonna throw out. Um, you know, throws a pick in every game, but he's averaging better than 16 points a game, and he's playing. He's gonna be playing in a matchup where he's gonna be playing catch up the whole time. So he's gonna be throwing the ball. I kind of against a susceptible Patriots defense. Okay, good. I really wanted to bring this up because I'm curious about this. This is a really interesting game for real life reasons and. Like for fantasy yeah. purposes, because the Jets weirdly have like a some four and one record. Like Marshall is really good and Ivory is really good, but yep. uh, are they le- legitimate or is this just like mm. a early season mirage? Yeah, I think it's I'm an early season mirage. I Fitzpatrick is terrible. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you can never forget that. No. So it's just what it's going to. I mean, if there's any game where he's going to show himself. It's got to be this one, right? This will be where we figure out what this team is. Or well, is, like, hey, it, it, is it New England's happen? I don't know. Because everyone's saying, like, oh, New England's going to crush the Jets. But, hey, it's okay, Brandon Marshall owners, because New England's secondary sucks. Right. And Ivory will be okay for some reason, even though they're going to be playing from behind. Don't worry, he'll get his. Like, that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> and it seems like people are just assuming that, like, Marshall and Ivory are good and, like, no worries. Like they'll get theirs, no matter what happens, like game flow wise. Like what if like Belichick game plans and just takes Marshall out of it completely? Hmm. I don't know if we can discount that. Same thing, like what if Denver or uh, the Jets can't run the ball? Right. But I don't see that kind of like concern and it's a Jets offense. When do they get this kind of respect? It's not like you know, <laughs> Never. It's a great question. So um, while we're talking about quarterbacks that are, are on the waiver wire, um, one that I, I, you know, I don't know if it's possible to handcuff a quarterback to a wide receiver, but if there is a situation where you can, and I'm testing it out this week, uh, it no, might not fail. Double not it double might stack. fail miserably. What I'm oh doing is I'm throwing in Brian Hoyer. <laughs> oh, so you're stacking. Ooh. That's, I'm a, stacking, that's a common play. I'm stacking Hoyer on top of Hopkins because, I mean, if there's any team that it makes sense for, I think it's that one. Uh, no. Does it, how's it Whoa. pan out? Whoa, here's a problem, though. Yes. There's a, there's a scenario where Hopkins gets his numbers and yes. Hoyer gets Benchman game. Yes. That's the right. risk. 
Yes. It is, but they, they, you know, I'm going based on facts that uh, O'Brien firmly committed to Hoyer as the starter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know that he's done that three times already this season. Yeah. Are, are you playing me? Uh, that, that's going to determine no. whether or not I give you advice. Hold no, on. I'm not. I'm playing Archie. Okay. Uh, team Archie or Archie? Archie, Archie. All right. <laughs> no one knows what that means, but it's, it's <laughs> the actual, I think the actual Archie team set off. So right. I yeah, see so. our waiver quarterbacks. Um, instead of Hoyer, I would I would definitely play Fitzpatrick over Hoyer. I think I'd play McCown. But I would not against St. Louis. Not against that front seven. They're not to throw. I know they are, but I don't trust McCown to get the ball out. You're the captain of the McCown fan club. You talked about. Like, I know I was. I know I was. You're singing his praises. You talked about how good his like fantasy football <laughs> picture looked. I was, and then you go, you you put him up against a defense that has a pass rush, and it it clearly affects him. I mean, well, defense is uh, Denver's the number one defense in the league, and he still had what two 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 touchdowns and two hundred yards. I mean, two two picks, interceptions two. and a fumble. Yeah. Any other waiver wires? You want him to throw uh, out there? Yeah. Stefan Witt. Stefan Diggs. Thank you. I never heard of him before last week. I still don't know that much about him. Uh, I'm telling you right now, you must play him. He's a uh, like he's getting targets. From what I am told, I've never actually like I said, I've never actually seen him in game action. So this is from secondhand reports at best. He's like a poor man Antonio Brown type. So he's supposed to be fast, and he's yeah. getting he's getting volume. And he has a really good matchup. Last, last two games, he's only owned in 24% of leagues right now. Uh, last two games, 13 catches, 216 yards. No touchdowns, but um, got you got to love the matchup this week against Detroit for Minnesota. And like he's not super high probability, but he fits the mold of like a guy that can break out as a rookie. I think we've wasted enough of people's time. It's time to go to... Bold predictions. Well, I, I first off, I think we should remind everybody what our bold predictions were last week. That way, I don't they remember. So please remind me also. <laughs> that way they can remember or, or know never to trust us. Because I think <laughs> I said that Peyton Manning was going to have a resurgence. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. <laughs> he was going to show us that he's the Peyton Manning of old, and that didn't happen. My second, my second bold prediction I was going to say was Blake Bortles has a better game than Tom Brady. Which he actually did. So I'm double down again. Blake Burles, Jacksonville, better game than one Thomas J. Brady. Wow. All right, Mark. Do you happen to know what my my prediction was last week? I don't remember. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mine uh, was Bradford, I think. <laughs> so that yeah, that was. Did a I nine. say Anderson again? I, I had Anderson every week for a while, and I think I switched. <laughs> I think I said Hopkins and. You, you might have. Me, roll the tape back. I dare you. <laughs> right, I'll do uh, one optimistic one and one pessimistic one. And I'll say pessimistic first because I haven't thought of the optimistic one yet. But it'll come to me in the next five seconds. <laughs> All, right. All right. Brandon Marshall, no touchdowns, and he will have four receptions for exactly 48 yards. Ooh, okay. I think the other shoe drops and New England realizes Wait a minute, this guy's like 34 years old or something. <laughs> uh, optimistic. This has got to be the game. I'm tired of waiting. This is too like, breakout game. Oh, okay. If it's going to happen, like, now's the time. Otherwise, downgrade him to like, I don't know, wide receiver two or something. Like honestly, if he like he's like a splash guy, if he can't like get the long touchdown passes, he's not really fun to own. And he's basically a slightly better broken Mike Evans. We just like you sit there and you get like 80 yards, but it's like eight receptions. He's turning into possession receiver. Um, Luck's not an injury report. He needs to make me happy. I would say 135 yards, two touchdowns. Ty. Yes. Otherwise, right. he'll continue to play without consequence because I don't have anything better. I have, I'm going to go your route, Mark, with one sort of optimistic uh, and one probably legitimate. So my optimistic one um, is that I'm not going to take your advice in terms of dropping who I have and, and picking up Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to say, to make me happy, Brian Hoyer has to 
this is a bold prediction in and of itself. He has to finish the game, um, not on the bench. Oh, I don't know really like that. Part one of the optimistic. Okay. Part two is that he, what did he have last week? Hold on, let me draw his numbers back up here. So he had 23 points, 293 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's going to go 325, two touchdowns through the air, and one on his feet. I love how the uh, the bold prediction segment just turned into the wi- the wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. We can rename this next week. All, all about our own teams and our own players, and just you know, uh, this is the week CJ Anderson just goes off. <laughs> this, this is just after five points. You know, uh, breaks a single season rushing record in one game. So <laughs> that's funny. Oh man! All right, actual bold prediction though. Um, is that, oh, God, <laughs> this is going to come back and bite me, but um, for anyone that's in my local area listening to this, but um, the Philadelphia Eagles don't put up one offensive touchdown this week. Ooh. So I, would, I, would sit, I would sit everyone on Philly's offense. I like it. I'm doing. Um, I think it's going to be a, a defensive battle that game, so I, I think both defenses in that game have a chance. To, here's your bold prediction. Both defenses have a chance to go over 20 points in that game. Oh, nah, that's bold. Ooh. That is bold, son. So there's that. All right, well, I have one more that just popped in my head, and I can't rationalize it, so I'm just going to say it. It's not even fantasy-related, but in tomorrow night's game, Blaine Gabbert will make an appearance. Okay. It could be because San Francisco blows out Seattle, <laughs> Seattle blows out San Francisco because Seattle injures Kaepernick. But you're going to see Blaine Gabbert tomorrow night. All right. I look forward to it, oddly. And then um, I know we're pushing pushing past the time limit. But, yeah, a little bit. Uh, all these like real-life football predictions and Parker's insane prediction kind of like fired up the blood a little bit. You're going to just run through the divisions and you should pick a division winner. Where we think the season's gonna go? Just pick like a playoff team from every division, real quick. Real quick, you want to so bad, I can tell. <laughs> you, you never ask for anything. <laughs> the kid with perfect attendance. I, I, oh man, why not? Let's do it. All right. Um, say New England, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Denver, chalk, AFC, wildcard teams, uh, Steelers, and Oakland Raiders. Whoa. NFC, Giants, Packers, Panthers, Cardinals, wildcard teams. I have Atlanta and St. Louis. Okay. I'm good, Rob, because I'm not even... All right. I'm going to go chalk in the AFC, like you said, Mark. Uh... My wild card teams there will be the Steelers and the Jets. And then NFC, I'm going uh, Falcons. <laughs> Why you're doing this despite me for some reason? I just wanna now we're starting to see. You wanna get to it? All right. Here we go. We got Falcons, Packers. Cardinals and <laughs> and I mean I I don't want to lose my my life so <laughs> Eagles <laughs> and then your wild card teams will go uh, we've heard enough Falcons and Seahawks. Yeah, that was just an elaborate trick. Well, to, to get to me to you, say the, the Eagles. Champs? That's yeah. fine. I get it. So, Seth? <laughs> Jets out Whoa. of the East. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stellars out of the North. Uh, Broncos, definitely. And let's go with the let's shake things up a little bit. Let's go with the Texans. I think Hoyer. I think I think they found something good with Hoyer. So hopefully the defense. Me, 
And and I mean, oh, was anyone really impressed by the Colts? I mean, um, I kind of was. For <laughs> for Seriously, for a while, they looked good. No, no, they did not. I I watched that whole damn game, and they did not look good. Luck luck was terrible. Well, yeah, and, he was horrible. That's that's what impressed me. Like they were there. <laughs> that's what impressed me. And uh, god awful. For wild card, you know what? I'm gonna go. Patriots and uh, Bengals. So in the south, in the NFC, we're gonna go. We're gonna go Panthers, Packers. Do it. I'm such a sucker for the Eagles. Do it. Not, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Like every single week. Like I told Max at one time, I'm like, dude, you guys can score every single possession. And now I'm convinced, like, you guys have the greatest defense since, <laughs> since like, the 85 Bears or something. <laughs> um, and let's go with uh, – got to pick the Cardinals. And so wild card, I'm going to go with the Falcons and the uh, – damn, who's going to be the last team? Rams. Let's go with the Rams. All right. We're in this together. We're in this together, brother. Do it. Cool. Well, that was just added time, and I love it. It was fun. (laughs) I'm mad that you... I love it. (laughs) So we get to talk for more time. I love this. We could do that every week. Yeah, take that, Um, listeners. That's ten more minutes. What are you going to do, read a book? (laughs) (laughs) Take it. You like listening to us. It's fine. We, We get it. We know it. So... I don't know. Share your thoughts. Leave your division winners in the comments on the website if that's where you're listening to this. Or if, if not, you know, tweet at us. I guess we don't. You can't see our Twitter handles, but stalk us and find us. Um, I'm private. Don't bother me. Okay. Don't bother Mark. So and, and yeah, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow the podcast along on FullyCoveredSports.com and check back here every week. And and we'll be here later. All right.